Hey everybody, welcome to uh, season two of Shake Sales. My name is Sujan Patel. I'm one of the founders of Mailshake. And today we're speaking with Steve Schmidt, CEO of Magnet, a content-based, content-led sales consultancy. Yeah. Steve, nice to chat with you. I'm, I don't even know what this is. Tell me about what the heck is content-led sales. Yeah, so I ran an agency. I kicked off an agency in 2020 uh, and we were a just call it a typical lead gen agency. We all thought we were special, but you lump them together and they're kind of the same thing. And uh, we did eight and a half million in revenue in 18 months. And we had a hundred and believe 114 customers. And it was a lot. And I, and that's when I started to learn about things like email deliverability, um, content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew all of the cold call essentials. That was my strength. Um, but LinkedIn content was certainly new to me. And when I looked at how I needed to grow the company, um, I looked at different areas of marketing, SEO, da, da, da. And I really had a conversation with Jake Dunlap at scale that changed my perception of what I should be doing. And I said, Jake, I really, you know, I'm coming to you because I found you on LinkedIn. Like, do you think that's a good idea? He goes, we're thinking about spinning up a service where we have ghostwriters. And I'm like, sounds great. He's like, how much? I said, how much? He goes, 4K a month. I'm like, whoa. You know, because I was a new entrepreneur. I'm like, 4K a month. I mean, seasoned entrepreneur right now, 4K a month is a lot of money. And I thought, well, how do we know it's going to work? And so long story short is the evolution of call it experimentation video. I now look at content um, and this will describe what we do in in three categories, really. I'm like content to me is the words that we put in text and voice format, outbound, bucket one, two, call it everything else on social that's organic. Three is everything that's paid. That's it. I'm just like, there's three types. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. get into like what those are, but a lot of businesses don't know a fraction of what we assume they might know because we've spent time on LinkedIn. There's probably 92% of businesses, I'm throwing a random Justin Michael stat out there. He always tells you to make one up that's not square on just so it sounds more realistic. We can get more into that later too. Um, they've never heard of this. They don't know it. Like they think LinkedIn sales navigator is an upgrade. Yeah. And so we're coming into this high level, like thinking everybody just operates like this, where I'm finding out as a consultant, you know, these smaller, call it two to $10 million companies are more than happy to bring someone in who is going to not only explain LinkedIn content, podcast content, but they get into the nuts of saying all that really doesn't matter unless you have good messaging in general. And then you have really good sales messaging in your space. So it's really about getting through that, winding down, pretty much throwing everything they have away, redoing most of their tech stack. Mm-hmm. The first two months, podcast starts. And we just, I'll use this example. One of our clients is in the fourth month of their phase and they just launched their podcast last week. And we couldn't get into the CRO vertical. Emails were delivering strong on Mailshake, mind you. And we get decent responses, but we couldn't break into the funnel and it was really stressing me out. And I was like, guys, I think that we need to go into CROs and Fortune 1000 with a podcast strategy. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be about where science and intersect, you know, science and art, it's negotiations, two things. And if you focus on making it not boring, you might stand a chance at making a dent in trying to get people to want to listen to 20 seconds of a clip that comes from negotiation. And it was one of the more fun podcast episodes I've ever been on because it was the first hire ever in sales at Salesforce. He went through his whole career and how he negotiated not only his own pay raises, but but deals and the stuff he lost out on. I was like, this is super interesting because it was just like storytelling the entire time. So 
we try to get them into the channel where they can perform the best. Usually it's podcast and email mm-hmm. because phones can be very expensive, right? And so we're, and both of those are content that we can make, call it memorable. So that's what Magnetic does. Um, we do outbound delivery, if you will, but it's more overseeing it. We're not executing, we're not an SDR shop. Cool. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love your, it's, and you're also leading with value versus trying to ask for stuff immediately. So, so, um, can you tell me a little bit about, um, what magnet eat methodology is? Yeah. Eat, uh, the eat methodology. If you, if you look at that and peel it back, you got to break it down into how do we start to create a baseline where we can say, why are we doing this? And when we focus on, do you have expertise that anybody else would find valuable? Anybody would pay you money for it, right? Masujan, if you know how to change my oil and I don't want to change it, I'm going to say, hey, how much do you charge? And you probably could tell me any amount that's reasonable. And I'd say, great. I wouldn't even negotiate. I'd just be like, mm-hmm. you change my oil. I, does, I hate getting under my car and all that stuff. So the expertise helps there. A is for authority. And then anytime you get about timing, it's just like, how can you have content that's everywhere? Mm-hmm. And then the third T is um, up for debate. We're, we're going to be renaming that one right now. So we're just going to call it eat with one T for now. Perfect. Love it. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I noticed you guys do is really build trust early on. Um, how do you build trust? I mean, so, you know, I've done, I've been in sales and marketing for the last 20 years and I feel like everyone has their different approach, but really building trust to me is key. Because you build that and everything else kind of stacks along with that. How do you build trust in the first meeting? It's, it's actually before that. So I'm glad you asked the question that way. I feel with content, we are now able to finally establish some baseline of trust very early on in an evaluation cycle. It's been proven out to the clients I work with. You know, month one, they're excited. Month two, they freak out. Month three, is this going to work? Month four, holy crap, somebody DM'd me on LinkedIn. It happened again. You know, this person said they liked the podcast. So I think the content itself establishes trust before. Now, in terms of outbound language, I'm big into proof. Like I don't do a lot of call to actions per se in my style. Mm-hmm. When I write emails, I use more proof, right? Here is this person. Here's where they started. Here was their goal. Here's where they ended. Some screenshots. I know that that's kind of frowned upon, but some visuals help for me. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm very selective about who we go outbound to. I mean, I'm, I'm only outbound at a thousand people total in six months. Mm-hmm. Wow, because we're great number. we're sold out. Like we're, we have this luxury of being sold out, and now going. Hmm, do we scale? I go. Why don't we just get really good at email? Then we'll think about scaling. You know, come love up it. with a system that's so good people will pay a premium for it. I love it. I think uh, you know, just you hit out some do real quick on it. Just point out so pictures, and you can have a hundred links in an email if you email ten people, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like the content of the emails and how much that matters really directly proportionate to the number of people you email. So if you email 10,000 people, you better have no links and customize personalized content for every one of those 10,000 people. Email a thousand people, you can get less personalized. You can put more links and images and stuff. And yeah. you email one person, you can write a freaking essay, right? I mean, yeah. no one's going to read that essay, but I love the fact that you're building trust in advance, right? Um, that's actually the biggest ROI. I'd say I've been working on building my personal brand um, since 2014 consistently, like building, creating content every single day um, and every, you know, regularly publishing content some way or another. 
And the biggest thing I value, not even from sales, is like when I go go meet someone up, I'm not just some random person. Like you can look me up or maybe they did by accident or in purpose or whatever. And like trust is there. And I've established myself not just with trust, but as an expert. And it's, you know, that's what you're, that's the E part of E is. And then you're doing that before the meeting, which is, which is awesome. So we've, we've like doubled down and for us at Mailshake, like all of our sales team and even some of our CS team, they're building their personal brand. You know, we live where we, we play where our customers live, which is LinkedIn mm-hmm. and, and, and they're coming in with trust to their inbound sales meeting. And it's game changer, lower, uh, biggest thing is lower, um, no show rate. I think it was like fifteen percent reduction in the no show rate. Just like, what about deal cycle time uh, revenue? Are you finding those comparisons are bigger when they're coming from called social? Um, the we've been moved. We kind of simultaneously been moving up market, so I can't tell you. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think I think it's the same, but maybe that's a benefit. Maybe that is shorter because our deal cycles have gone. Like our deal value has doubled. So. I don't know, like, I, you know, maybe, maybe in the next year or so I can play, play that out. That's interesting. I mean, and not to be anti-attribution, it's good that people don't dig in the weeds right away too. I think at some point it's really good for outbound teams um, to start to, to attribute what's working. Um, I mean, they have trouble doing it with email. Even. I mean, we all talk about AB testing. We all talk about ABCDZ testing. Yeah. But how many people really do it effectively? And I'm, I'll give you an example of a, an observation I made. And this is, uh, maybe it's a dramatic viewpoint, but you know, I was watching somebody go through a list and they were calling and I won't say what dialer they were calling off of. And, and the dialer like messed up. They go, you know, I'll just reset it. I said, well, doesn't that cut out like 17 people? And they go, whatever. And I was like, what if one of those 17 people were the person who bought the largest deal that company ever had? And it changed the trajectory of that company. And that's what I knew. I thought differently than everybody else because I cared enough. To go, yeah. oh, I don't need to hide that. I don't want, oh, I'll just make some fluff dials. I'll just hit send all. I was like, no, man, I'll stay up till midnight writing one-off emails if it means that the result will be bigger. And then if I yeah. need to do it again, I'll scale it out. Like I have to do everything myself first until I want to pull my hair out to figure out if we should even adopt it. And then if I go, oh, you want email? Well, we're going to run it on Mailshake. We're going to alternate domains. You're going to have five of them. No more subgrouping than 500 at a time. Sequence expires, domain shelf for a month. Like rotate appropriately to your own internal damn of yeah. how much of a footprint you have. And when I talk to people about it, their eyes just roll back in their head. They're like, wow. And I'm going, trust me, I am not the email guru. I hire people to do it because it, it can be technical and nobody yeah. really knows. Nobody can come out with a study that says, hey, I delivered this sequence with Mailshake, this one with Mailshake with the same subject line, this one without, this one on Gmail, this one on Microsoft, this. And, and you go down the list and people go, I don't have the time to figure out whether or not email warming helps. Let's just assume that putting your shoes on in winter also helps you stay warm. Yeah, it's a similar exactly. concept. Is it going to keep you from freezing? Well, how freaking cold are you going to get? Like how much are you going to walk into the blizzard before your dumbass turns around? <laughs> We're out there spamming people going, yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah, ex- exactly. I love the fact that you're I, with deliverability in general. To me, it's a preventative efforts to prevent an issue are 100 times more impactful than fixing the issue. Because once you're in the doghouse, you've got to get out, right? And um, there's anecdotal evidence on all these things because Mike, none of these email service providers 
Um, the email deliverability stuff, they're all trying to catch like phishing emails and real spam, right? Not, although like we're the spur and prey approach obviously doesn't work. They're trying to catch the real fraud, right? Yep. And, and when we start to look like that as salespeople, that starts to, that's, that's the point where you probably are emailing too many people or, yep. um, whatnot. And, you know, it kind of go back to like that, like small list of folks that you go after just because we have automation that can help us as humans do less manual tasks yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean automation and volume coincide like those are different things um automate for one person if you need to but like you don't need to email ten thousand people generally in any sector um it's much better receive at like a couple hundred all a couple hundred people chunks but i thought that i yeah, thought that the justin michael method and jed mentioned it on your show last week is probably my best delivered email. Interesting. Because I love of it. Brev because of the brevity, right? Hyper relevance, 50 words or less. Like it, it doesn't get me in spam trouble. And just for that, like it's obviously how Justin constructed it. Um, I think it's a, a lesson we can all take in terms of like, oh, those are also steps. Yeah. You know, that while on Mailshake, delivering with while being warm, used first email under 50 words, hyper relevant. So no one even really knows it's it would be quote unquote spam you know yeah because it's it's so brief it definitely looks personal and i think the key with that first one is gosh we're really um we're really not that great at at sounding simple that's true that's a good point i think uh, and we'll link to the the episode in the show notes here so wherever you're watching there'll be a, a reference point i want to move on to the t um yeah. of eat um so what is the importance of t and how do you create content with that perfect timing T timing to me is two different things. We all know that when we see a brand and it has a commercial, like they've had to build up enough money to buy that commercial. That's kind of why we trust them blindly, right? Oh, Crest, they make toothpaste. New toothpaste brand buys a commercial. Oh, interesting. Well, they're marketing, right? And so when we think about timing, I segment it the same. I look at when do my posts perform the best? When how much should I? I? I was doing three posts a day for a while there. It actually dropped my content performance. Hmm. The algorithm was like, this guy's not good enough to get up anymore. So I went from 10,000 views a day in 2022 to 2000 in 2023 by just experimenting because I just don't really care, right? Like someone has to experiment. It may as well be me. And mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I, I think that the timing is are you going to be at the right place at the right time? And so we all know that that's, that's the trust and content piece. So timing is if you're there when you, they already know you, then mm -hmm. naturally their timing is, is their timing. Mm -hmm. Like you just have to be there and, and sales, salespeople are really bad at wanting to wait, right? We want to go, I need this now. You should do it early. You should leave them early because da, mm -hmm. da, da. well, if the pain's big enough, they might do it. But I think that timing is lots of content like you since 2014, all the time. Does it get tiring? Hell yeah. Yeah, there's days <laughs> yeah. you just want to quit and just be like, this isn't worth it. And then you realize pretty much that's how you get leads. And if you quit, you would have to go back to cold calling. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's a non-negotiable. 100% of my business now will come from LinkedIn. And so I think that you're seeing that same success with Jed, Maggie, yourself getting out there. I mean, Mailshake is now a brand that people recognize when you put it next to outreach and sales lot that did not happen from paid ads i've never seen a paid ad by you guys never yeah once. i don't think we spend i think you spend like i don't know 500 bucks a month on paid ads and that's just like yeah. maybe pushing the webinars and then. yeah and so there you go that's that's the case study right how many yeah, how thank many, you 
Can you disclose what's your revenue a year? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's around $10 million. $1,000 a month spend on, call it somewhere between five, ten, maybe more. That is becoming so common. And I think it's a choice, right? You could go advertise. It's a different way to market. Where mm-hmm. you guys have this organic, like you guys are the people's people. Like people are yeah. coming in being like Mailshake and they're like, yeah, screw these guys. I want Mailshake. And yeah. part of that comes with that organic effort because then it feels real instead of forced upon you by a marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so Steve, I, I feel, um, first of all, thank you so much for those words. That everything you described is exactly what we've been trying to go for, which is feel authentic and like we are we are salespeople talking about sales, not and in the trenches alongside our customers. Like we do it, you know, Jed's talking about all this stuff. Maggie's uh, talking all, all types of content. And they both are salespeople. They're, awesome. They're not actually marketers, right? And thank you. So, um, so my takeaway from your timing comment is really, it's not timing, it's consistency. And, 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 um, and really, start today be consistent right fast forward like i can't tell you so you know mailshake's brand on linkedin is pretty early of course we just started frankly like maybe nine months ago mm-hmm. and nine months ago we we're doing a really bad job now i think we're doing an okay job um i've got high standards but um you know we don't have that many we don't get that many impressions but like even on like a, we look back at like even like a 200 or 400 impression post generated a lead or two yeah so i mean that's a such a like that's a number that matters, right? Like fast forward now nine months, you know, now we don't even know how many what does what. We just are consistent and it's just working. Everything all the time. How what percentage of your leads would you say are coming from the LinkedIn effort? Uh I think like probably around like five to ten percent, somewhere in that number. It's we Yeah, and, and so we've had a huge so uh I'd say two thirds of our leads come in from inbound like SEO, Google, our brand, what have you, um, you know, direct type in. So yep. we had 0% of the leads come in from LinkedIn nine months ago, zero, maybe one, right? Like it's not even a number that you can count. So we're, we're like two thirds outbound, I mean, inbound, you know, 20, 25% um, outbound and the rest, you know, LinkedIn. And that was zero before. So like uh, nine months in great ROI, we spend, I'll just tell you like our costs. We spend less than five grand a month on content combined. We actually, uh, this is proof that the content-led sales works. We actually stopped doing all of our inbound marketing, all of our content marketing off of LinkedIn. And we said, screw this. If our customers are here, and frankly, if you're selling to B2B, my two cents is your customers are generally there on LinkedIn. Um, we get better results. Our, our blog gets, I don't know, like three, 400,000 visitors a month. That's awesome. Generates this less leads than LinkedIn does. So, um, and we're babies on LinkedIn. So anyways, um, proof that this stuff works and consistency matters. Yeah. Well, so, that's, how I, that's how I learned about you guys. Jed reached out to me before Saster last year and I knew who he was. It's the whole, like, I know this guy's face back when he was black and white photo. I'm like, he used to play basketball. He's... <laughs> Yeah. Call and he said he was like putting a get together there. And I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. I couldn't make it. I want to like back Holland and I went and grabbed coffee quick. And I and all of a sudden, like three months later, I'm like hearing his name everywhere. Everybody's like, hey, Jed Marley, Jed Marley. And I'm like, yeah. Like also not to take away from 
like Jed going to a Saster event, creating the Mailshake buzz just organically again by meeting people for coffee versus a booth. And then people were walking out of Saster talking about Mailshake and Lavender and the people who didn't have the booth. So yeah, to you guys yeah. For, for keeping sort of that one-to-one or one-to-a-few or one-to-a-few mini vibe versus at this point, you know, sponsoring a booth and throwing 20K away and crossing your fingers. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, and honestly, we can't afford a booth. We're bootstrapped. Like we we make we like ROI from a booth. Uh, our ACV, our deal value, you know, we're SMB kind of lower mid market. Yeah. Booth doesn't make sense. Like we need to get like five hundred leads to cover costs, right? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, but I that's the tr- honestly that day I went walked around with Saster at Saster with Jed, and that was the day I was like, we're doubling down on LinkedIn because. I'm walking around the booth, just walking around, and Jed, every 10 seconds, someone's like, are you Jed? I've been following you on LinkedIn, like that phrase. Yeah. And this guy was like literally signing autographs, kissing babies, like the, the whole time. Story. Yeah, he's like, the <laughs> yeah. <little> like. <laughs> and so Jed and I, Jed's like six foot something, and I'm he's tall. not, I'm like closer to five zero. Um, and so I'm like, I feel like I'm his, I'm like his little child just walking around, following him around, and we're kind of the opposite in age. But it's really funny that uh, he's just like, like he's literally a celebrity from, yeah. I, and I, I, I started following and kind of stalking Jed and trying to hunt him down two years ago when he started LinkedIn. So he's only two years in, and he went from SDR to like director of sales from LinkedIn. Like I only wanted to hire him because I knew he was good. Anyways, we can go on that. So let's let's wrap up. Um, what do people do if they don't have time for this or someone, uh, a person doesn't have time for this? I think the easiest thing to do is if you have an iPhone, go down to, to go, go to your camera and record something. You may never publish it, right? But go download a, a simple app called Captions. I think it does cost money. So maybe there's a free one in there, but I know Captions. It is as easy as any tutorial. Once you uploaded it, it kind of says like, do you want captions? And you'd be like, oh, this is what Alex Hermosi does all his head to teeth. Yeah. And you soon see that, yes, you can easily make a micro clip and have a lot of the trimming done for you and get pretty good. I mean, that's how I got decent at it. The first three months is hacking at it. I'm not an Adobe creator, like whatever. I got a team of people who do that, thank God. Um, but it is worthwhile to do it. Get a, if you're, and then if you graduate, like I have a selfie stick, where I would never get one. They actually come in handy. I have two traveling little loom lights just because yeah. I'm that asshole now in the parking lot, walking around, like filming TikToks. Like, and I just don't give a shit because I'm 45. And <laughs> like my best years are both behind me and ahead of me. And so I, I guess for me, it's, it's, I have found that the creativity making content, at least for me, taps into something that, that gets me through the tougher stuff. And keeps me very, very excited about work every day. And so that's why I do it. Not for the money, not for anything else. That's why I went from a 52-person lead gen shop to a one-person, call it content creator studio for go-to-market people. And, Love it. And where that goes, don't know. I'm having a freaking blast right now. And we're making money, zero attrition. People are already starting to upsell and renew. And that just didn't happen. We had, At the end, we had 68% attrition in lead gen. So it just feels Top bad. Margaret. Yeah, it's a very tough market. Yeah, because like, everyone's doing lead gen. Very few are doing this, and yeah. I feel like with this, let's just say everyone tomorrow started doing this. Well, the best make it out, right? The longest make it to the top, right? Mm. You've been testing. You got that experience. So, 
you know more than we're gonna we're gonna learn what you know in the next year. By that time, you'll be ahead of us. So, so anyways, Steve, thank you so much. Um, I love how it's like you just literally. Oh, how do you start? Start taking a video of yourself, right? And there's a free app or like I don't know, five dollars. Like, come on, like it's probably not more than that. Um, it does all the work for you. And I, my two cents, I, I learned this from marketing and, and launching software businesses. If you're not embarrassed by your first video, like six months from now, um, if you are embarrassed about that, you are doing the right things. Yep. My, I launched an ebook, I don't know, like 2015 on the key on, on growth hacking and the back in, back in the day, that was like kind of the bug yep. and I was in marketing. And so naturally we're doing a lot of growth hacks and whatnot. Anyways, I, I launched this thing and it's the, it was the ugliest thing I bought. A, it cost me a dollar to produce. It was Microsoft word and a dollar stock photo. And honestly, um, I left this like one page. It's somewhere in the first 10 pages with lorem lipsum content. Cause it was like this transition between the table of contents and like, the actual like intro and no one noticed, no one freaking noticed. Cause I mean, who do you, who reads? No. They, like who who reads all this stuff they just skim through like the, they just get started right so so anyways that was the most embarrassing thing ever that was after i sold thirty thousand copies right wow. so like um and, and it was just lock timing lots and lots of effort just put myself out there but anyways this is not about me steve thank you so much for your time if you folks you know my two cents is if you've got the budget go hire steve's company um, we'll link to it here. It's it's a magnet and uh, just get started. It's just such a, it's a consistency and timing game. So the longer you do it, the more ROI you get. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thank Take you. care.